We're continuing our series on Titus this morning. So we're at Titus 3, uh, verse 12 to 14, and we're looking at the closing message, the, clo- the parting message by Titus in, in this book. So just to recap, we have Paul, uh, an extraordinary man of Christ, an amazing ambassador, uh, an amazing missional man, a man full of faith. He's writing to Titus, uh, to a church leader in Crete. So we've seen from Paul's instructions and his directions, he's, he's saying to Titus, this is how we should live. If we believe and trust in Jesus, if we believe the gospel, this is how your people are to live. And uh, given in the early church, the close proximity, similar to just now, they're living right next to believers and non-believers are right next to each other. And they were to be mindful about what not to do and what to do. Uh, because people knew who they were, people knew they were part of the early church, and a lot of what they did would determine how people looked at the gospel, and if the gospel was attractive or not. That's what Paul uh, says a few times, and he wanted them to make them aware the importance of what Jesus has done, the importance that it carries a lot, and actually, if you believe and trust in Jesus, something in here should be different. We should be living differently to how the average Joe uh, lives out in the rest of our weeks, the Monday to Saturday. Something must be different. There must be a light that shines brighter in the different environments that we step into. So uh, he was eager in that time for the early church to grow and for the gospel to be attractive, a lot of our character and how we lived our lives and how we lived in light of what God, God's love and God's uh, grace would determine how the church would, would grow in that area. So we're going to be looking at the title, A People Full of Purpose. And when I think of the the word purpose, I think about when I was younger and I was thinking, what is my purpose? And my very first uh, thought in that was that my purpose is to be a footballer. That's what, that's what I have to be. That's what I'm called to be. So I went along to football training. I used to be a goalkeeper, uh, hence why I'm really tall. So that was the position they just put me in. You'll cover most of the goals. You'll be okay. And it kind of fizzled out at the time where uh, I was walking down the street and I got approached by another club and they said to me, my dad was with me and my dad being a minister, the guy said, you should come and play for us. And I'm thinking, wow, I'd absolutely love to do that. I'd absolutely love it. And he says, we play on Sunday mornings. And I was like, oh, this is awkward. (laughs) Uh, I can't do it. And dad's like, well done, son. And inside of me was like, oh, there goes my dream slipping away. (laughs) But never mind. So I had to kind of push away the, the footballer thing. And then I went to, obviously at school and I excelled in languages and I thought, that's it, I have to be an interpreter, because French and German, I just seem to get really good grades, and I'm thinking, I'll be an interpreter, I'll go to Brussels, I'll interpret for people, and then I got to university, and languages weren't all that they were cracked up to be. So, our purposes, uh, my purpose and our purpose, if we know Jesus, is to be a reflection of God's love in everything that we do. It's not based on our career or what we do, that's our calling. Our purpose is to, when we know God, and receive God's love, we have to go out there and reflect that. We have to love others as uh, we would love ourselves, treat others as we treat ourselves. So that's what our purpose is. And purpose is important. It's important. Uh, A quote that I managed to find in, in with this says this, imagine people going to work day after day without knowing their company's business. Imagine going to Shell and not knowing your company's business. Imagine going to BP or to the council and not knowing your company's business. Yet that's exactly what happens when church members don't know what the church is trying to do and what Jesus wants to do through them. That's exactly what happens. Paul wanted to tell the church what it should be looking to do. This is what you're to be like. 
to grow, to water, to encourage amongst each other. So we're going to be reading Titus 3, 12 to 14, and I'm going to ask Adam and Chris, because you, haven't, you guys haven't done enough, why don't you be our Bible monitors? And if you've not got a Bible with you, put up your hand and we'll get a Bible out to you. And if you've not got one at home, we'd love you to have that as a gift from us. And in these Bibles that are being dished out, it's 1199, page 1199. And it should be on the screen as well, hopefully. There we go. That light isn't too great, but we can just about read it. Why don't I pray just before we, we do that? Lord, thank you so much for what you're doing already this morning. Thank you that you are here, that you are eager to meet with us in areas of our lives that maybe we've not even thought that you could meet us in. We just want to be open to your word, and I pray that you'll just move this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's read. Now, excuse my pronunciation on this. I'll give it my best, my best shot. As soon as I send Artemis or Tychius to you, Tychius, that'll do, do your best to come to me at Nico, Nicopolis, Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenus the lawyer and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. So just a bit of background. We read in the passage that Artemis and uh, Titus, I can't say that, the other guy, are being sent to take Titus' place so he can be released to join Paul in Crete, uh, join Paul in his mission. And it also seems logical that this letter that is being sent to Titus, the people who are carrying this letter are Zenos and Apollos. So these are the two people that have brought this message to Titus. And Paul says they are to see that they have everything they need and help them on their way. And if Paul was here today, I'm sure there'd be a few different cultural issues to get past, obviously, but I'm sure he would say the exact same instructions that he's been saying throughout this letter to Titus, that we're rooted in Jesus, we're set free in Jesus, we no longer have the weight of pain and guilt and shame shaping us. We're free of that this morning, and we have a greater purpose, that this life is not the end. And Paul would insist and challenge us that something, as I said at the beginning, something needs to be different in how we live our lives if we're called to be people full of God's purpose. What makes us different? people we share a desk with, what makes us different at work? People we sit next to in the bus, what makes us different? When we chair meetings at work, what makes us different? What sets us apart? And I've been wrestling with that just as I read through the whole, the whole book of Titus. What makes me different? And to be honest, sometimes not much, not much. And Paul's just urging us, you know, if you know Jesus, we should live differently in the light of that. So I want to explore particular verse 13 and verse 14. Do everything to help Zenus and Apollos on their way. So they were passing through at this point. Make sure they have everything they need. That stood out for me. And then following on from that, devote yourself to doing what is good. We've heard that loads before. Devote yourself to doing what is good. Paul says that again and again. 
And then there's another phrase, in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. So these two phrases definitely carry a lot of weight for, in terms of the purpose that our lives carry, the purpose that every one of our lives carry. And Jesus wants nothing more to make sure that our lives count, that the mission he's got for us, that, that he makes, helps us make it happen. So I want to look at a couple of things this morning, that God will protect us. I'm standing on a squeaky bit of board. I'm going to move over. That God will protect us. And also, in everyday, perspective is so important. So our perspective is so important. Be prepared. Uh, oh, sorry. Grow persistence in your life also. So three Ps there. Protection, perspective, and persistence. So firstly, God will protect us. If we could have uh, God will protect us slide up, that would be brilliant. So we see with these early church leaders, they had the truth and weight of God's protection on their lives. They carried that. They took bold risks. They went for it. They'd done things that maybe other people wouldn't do in the name of Jesus because they believed that God would protect them through that. They knew that God was for them, for them, for them. And this resulted in such an exciting journey for them. Hanging on to every word of God. Where God told them to go, they would go. There'd be no doubt. They'd be willing and open and available to everything that God had for them. And we see as well that they went for it. They were absolutely all in. There was nothing holding these guys back. And I believe it's not because they were risk takers. Sometimes when we step out, we think, oh, such a risk. But in God's eyes, they believed that God was totally for them, totally protecting them. And they thought, how can that be a risk? How can that be a risk? So risk for them wasn't even a term, I believe, for these early church leaders. But the, the reality for that is that each of us have a different path. We have a different calling in our lives, but we're called to the same purpose. Regardless of that, we have to be outward thinking and full of love uh, to other people and obedient to where he wants us to go, just like these early church leaders. We see in chapter 1 uh, that that Paul was writing to Titus, instructing him, and then in uh, chapter 3, he was told, you have to come with me. He was just open. He was open to, to go where God wanted him to go. And that can be blooming difficult sometimes to be like that, because we have a lot of pressures and a lot of things telling us the opposite, telling us not to do certain things, certain pulls from the world, things like TV and money and popularity and pride, and doubts, and careers, and insecurity. But we must cling on to our purpose, to love God and to love others. I got a great picture of that tension, uh, and it's this. When you're up to your neck in alligators, it's difficult to keep your mind on the fact your primary objective is to drain the swamp. It's a great picture just in terms of that. God will protect us, He'll protect us. When we're up to our neck in work deadlines, it's difficult to remember that God brings us peace. In Psalm 56, 3 and 4, it says, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. When you feel so lonely and distanced from everyone, it's difficult to remember that God is with you, that he sees and hears our pain. It says in Psalm 34, 17, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. When home life with people who don't do Christianity, who don't believe in Jesus, is pretty tough. It can be difficult 
to see that God will honor your steadfastness. In James 1.12, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. If we're to go through all of us as a group individually, we'd all have alligators that are snapping at us. That picture of alligators just snapping and trying to pull us away from God's purpose. And the reality is, these alligators will continue to do so. They will continue to do so. But we need to remember to cling on to God and remember that God will protect us. And God's word is, is one of the primary helps in that. Those promises, the scriptures, those verses I read. God's word help, helps us remember when it's difficult. Small groups, being with people as well, having that pit stop helps us remember that God's there when it's difficult. Being at church on Sundays, praying, having that opportunity to just say, I've got a few alligators snapping away. I need prayer just now. Worship when we sing out words to God as well. There's a song I was listening to yesterday uh, by David Crowder. I believe he's now known as Crowder. He's taken away his first name. That's very fashionable to do these days, I believe, with Cheryl Cole. She's now Cheryl as well. But anyway, the song by David Crowder, I Am. It's just very basic. I am holding on to you. I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I am holding on to you just great words of, of just remembering God's protection. And if we look at the scripture, uh, the scriptures, there's one Bible story in particular that jumps out for me, and that's one of my favorites as a kid, Daniel and the lion's den. So in Daniel and the lion's den, it's a great example. It's in Daniel chapter six, if you're wanting to read it in your own time afresh. And he was stepping out in God's purpose, facing battles and being thrown in a den of lions. Pretty brutal. King Nebuchadnezzar threw him in the den of, uh, the den of lions. He left him over, overnight. And then in Daniel 6, 20, this is what it says. When he came near the den, this is the king, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue from the lions? So at that point, when he throws out that phrase, he expects to hear nothing. He expects silence. Daniel's first words in response, and I love this in verse 21, may the king live forever. You can just imagine him shouting that in the den when these lions are here, these, these animals who are there to kill him. And he's shouting, may the king live forever. I can imagine him singing that. God had protected him, protected him and he'll protect us. And my, my cry, I guess, to us as a church is that may we not be silent as well. May we remember God's protection and cry out those same words that we shout out, may the king live forever when we overcome trials, rejoicing in God's power and protection. And when I was just thinking over that, that particular Bible story, it was weird because I was typing it up and all of a sudden I just got quite emotional just thinking about that. And maybe there's a few of us here who are just living in those words of actually needing to rejoice and shout those words, may the king live forever. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. When we just maybe look back at something maybe quite recent or maybe something right now and we know God's right with us. I just feel that maybe for a few of us, that just rings home really true. And we'd love to just get alongside you and pray for you and, and let you just declare those words this morning. So God will protect us. If we could have the second slide up, that'd be brilliant. And the everyday perspective is important. So perspective is so important. There's a story about a man who was driving in the country 
And he saw an old man sitting on a fence rail. So every time he was driving in the country, he saw this man sitting on the fence and he would just watch the cars go by. And he'd be stopping to pass, uh, he decided to stop and speak to him at one particular point because he'd just seen him all the time. And he said, I can never stand living out here. You don't see anything and I'm sure you don't travel like I do. I see you all the time just sitting on that fence. I'm on the go all the time. The old man on the fence looked down at the stranger and he said, I can't see much difference to what I'm doing to what you're doing. I sit on the fence and watch the autos go by, the autos, the cars, and you sit in your car and watch the fences go by. It's just the way you look at things. The way we look at things is so important when it comes to our purpose, when it comes to what God is calling us to do. And I love the two verses in 13 and 14, that these two guys that are coming to send this letter to Paul, uh, that Paul has written, to send this letter to Titus, upon their arrival, I'm, I'm imagining they've had quite a travel, quite a journey to go to deliver these. And there's quite a lot of information in this letter for Titus to take on and I have to do this, I have to do that. Okay, Paul, when's it going to stop? I have to instruct these people, I have to be mindful of this. And then it says, first, do everything to bless, do everything to bless. Remember these guys, make sure they have everything they need when they go on their way. Help these two faithful men. I love that shift in perspective in this passage. Here's all that you're to do. Here's what affects you, Titus. Here's what impacts you, Titus. But here's what I want you to give out, Titus. Here's something that you maybe won't get anything in return for, but blesses others. In Acts 20, 35, it says it's better to give than to receive. And why is that? Because in receiving, the process ends with you process ends with you. But in giving, you're loving others. You're showing others the love that God has, has commanded you to do, to give, showing your heart. So I want to just challenge our perspectives this morning, the way we look at things. Maybe it's the postman who drops off the mail every morning and we have a wee chat with every morning. Maybe it's the Asda delivery man who comes and, and brings all your shopping and do everything to bless him the work colleague you sit next to, do everything to bless them. The cold caller maybe who asks for some market research, do everything to bless them. What does that look like? The person at the checkout, the everyday perspective, perspective in the everyday is so important. And this is what Jesus requires. He calls us to this. In Matthew 22, 37 and 38, it's his greatest commandment. Love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and then go and love others. That's the second, go and love others as yourself. And I'm not talking mega extravagance here. I'm not talking you give flowers for the Asda man, you leave him some flowers. That would be slightly awkward. Or an Amazon gift card for the mailman, you know. It's not things like that, but it's maybe a conversation. I'm sure Mary would get a bit weird if I was doing that, get a bit, bit worried. But what could you do? What could you provide? What could you provide? How are you looking at things? That's the love of Jesus, because Jesus himself did it. Seeing the man was blind, seeing the woman was unclean, seeing the man was dead, he saw a need in him and he met it in a way that he could. So it could be an encouragement, a thank you, a little card, a phone call. Maybe you could just be praying for that person when you're speaking to them, asking God for a word for that person, a coffee, a conversation, a prayer for healing. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 
So the way we look at things, our perspective as we go out into the rest of our weeks is so important. What people would we love to see sitting next to us on the 28th of September? How could we show God's love in a really easy, practical way in that time in between? Because that's what it's about, just showing God's love. So perspective is so, so important. And just finally, persistence. So you see what I did there with the three Ps? Persistence. Grow persistence in your life because God never gives up on us. So this word persistence, the beginning of uh, verse 14, the first few words Paul writes to Titus are people must learn. And that didn't really, that just stood out to me just as I looked a wee bit uh, deeper into the passage. Our people must learn. So it isn't something that the people of Crete just pick up these instructions that, that Paul has given to Titus. Okay, we have to do good to provide for urgent needs. Okay, let's just go and do that. It's something we need to grow in us. It's a process as well, and that's important to remember. Our people must learn. We need to grow it. We need to water it. And when we do the opposite, it's to be challenged in and amongst us as well. And I think this word uh, persistence is such a key characteristic and actually sometimes has a lot of negative connotations as well. Being persistent, it just feels like a wee, a wee bit like nagging sometimes. But God is calling us to be persistent in our, in our life in terms of things that maybe we've not seen God break through in yet, that we, we long for, maybe people who don't know Jesus. And all we want to do is see them sitting next to us on the 28th of September or any Sunday or just the opportunity to share Jesus. Persistence and purpose, they go hand in hand. They go alongside each other. When we need God to move in a situation we face or we're crying out for breakthrough in someone else's life. I love the story of the persistent widow. And I'm just going to read that just to close in Luke 18. It's one of my favorite stories. So Luke 18. Then Jesus told the disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she, she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord says, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen, chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I love that story. Cry out to him day and night. What do we need to cry out for breakthrough in our own lives this morning? He hears you. God hears you. And he's moving even when it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So if you have a situation this morning that needs changing, cry out to him in your own life. If you have a family member or someone that you just long to have the opportunity to share Jesus with, cry out to him. So we're to be a people full of purpose. Remember God's protection, remember perspective, and to grow persistence. Why don't we stand?